Welcome to Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolibová, that love coach who helps corporate women who have been pushed down and back due to traumatic relationship or childhood trauma in their past, which has caused them to see themselves not in a bright light that makes them people please and not show up the way they know they are capable of showing up. My mission is to help women who are on the path to heal from their past wounds, move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can guide other women through online coaching, which is that deep down what they are feeling they really want to do instead of sitting in their corporate job. Each week I will be offering an interview or an idea that will support you to leave behind what isn't serving you anymore and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, and purpose. No more hiding, no more waiting. The time to take care of yourself, to uplevel your life is now. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. And I'm super excited about today's guest, Christina Galbato, because she is true embodiment of the freedom and how to be really creating a life by design. And today's topic, it's going to be really juicy because I know that many of you are aching and desiring some new changes and shift in 2021. So that's where we will be going with Christina. Christina, Thank you so much for your time today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to speak with you and share with your audience. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, right before I hit the record, we both were kind of like yearning for Bali and, and really missing it because we both been there and I was supposed to be there right now. So, Christina, yeah. if you're open to it for just a brief moment, I would love mm -hmm. to take you there, at least in your mind's eye. So yeah. if you're open to it, I would ask you to gently close your eyes and for a moment just to relax and take a deep breath in. Relaxing your shoulders, releasing any tensions, leaving everything behind. And with each breath, you're feeling lighter and lighter and lighter. And now I want you to visualize that you are sitting on a top mountain on a beautiful, beautiful swing. You're feeling safe. You're feeling secured. You're feeling so relaxed. Your flowy dress, it's playing with the wind. And the flower behind your ear, it's so fragrant that you can smell it. You're feeling literally on the top of the world, feeling so thankful to be alive. And as you're enjoying the swinging, slow swinging back and forth, there is a little girl who runs to the swing to you. She smiles at you and she asks you, who are you? Christina, what is the one thing you would love this little girl to know? This little curious girl to know, not what do you do, but who you really are? Well, first of all, that was the best intro to a podcast that I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm like ready to go to sleep now. So that was great. Um, hmm. I think who I am is someone that is committed to helping other women 
create lives and careers that light them up and that give them freedom, whatever freedom means to them. Mm, that is so beautiful. And you know, the, the word committed, it's really strong word. Why you are so committed? Why you're so passionate about it? Why is it so important to you to help other women? Why not just to build a life that feels good to you? And like you girls, you do whatever you want to do. Why is it so important <laughs> to you to help other women to do the same? Yeah, well, I think for me, and I think for many female entrepreneurs as well that are in the online education space, um, I think it does start with you. Like I saw sort of the transformations, not only in how, you know, in the career that I was having when I went full-time with my own business, um, but also in my confidence, my feeling of self-worth, the feeling of, you know, I can really achieve anything that I put my mind to and contrasting that with the life that I probably would have had, had I not been bold enough to take that first move. Um, and I think it really starts there, but then it also, you know, motivates me even more seeing all of the successes that my students have had and the ways that their lives have changed and seeing that just motivates me even more and more to be, you know, fully committed to it. So that is so beautiful. I love that. And, and I love that I can really feel the, the embodiment of the trust. You know, if I can do it, you can do it. And it's so beautiful. And you said that you were bold enough to take the first step. So Christina, what was the first step for you? And mm -hmm. also, can you share about what, where do you see yourself if you would not have taken that step? The contrast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For Well, let me... To answer the latter first. So I worked in PR at a big corporate agency in New York before. Um, and I think if I had stayed in that, I would have lived a life that just felt very disconnected from who I am and misaligned with who I am, kind of going up the corporate ladder, definitely not having, you know, as much freedom over financial freedom or, um, flexibility in terms of how I was living my life. Um, you know, three weeks of vacation a year, <laughs> the American dream. Um, and I think what being bold for me looked like was at the time when I started my uh, business, I actually didn't really know I was starting a business. I started my blog and my Instagram for fun, just because travel had always been the thing that lit me up the most and that I was always the most excited and passionate about. Um, and so I hid it from all my friends and family, but it was bold to me because it was something new. Um, and, and, um, you know, once I found out like, oh, you can actually make a career out of this, then pushing it even harder and growing my audience and, um, getting to know people online and really growing a community of people that were committed to the same vision and the same values as me. That is so amazing, Christina. My favorite part is I started this for fun. I feel that some, you know, so often we start with the end goal, like, oh, I want to make more money. I want to leave my job. Mm -hmm. I hate my job. I don't want to be here. So let me get there from here. Right. And it doesn't yeah. work because the energy of like, I hate to be here. I don't want to be here. It's going to attract the same situation. So how, like, how did you like transition from this is just the fun and joy into mm -hmm. this is my full-time commitment? Yeah, no, I love that point. And I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of people who start blogs and, you know, start Instagrams with the goal of working with brands to make money. And I think that, that you're in the wrong industry because it takes a while to build a community and therefore grow that income. Um, but 
what I think I realized was a lot, a lot of the, you know, realization that a lot of people come to that you can actually make an income online and you can, you know, run an online business. And I, at the time, didn't know anything about that. So I think it was just becoming more educated on the industry, talking to other people, learning how they monetize. And then I think it was like six months after I started, I was like, oh, this could actually be my way out of my full-time job. I didn't start it with the intention of leaving. I started it as a fun hobby and then eventually learned, you know, that I can work with brands. I can achieve freedom in my life. I can make this my sole source of income Mm -hmm. and then sort of just worked even harder at it. That is amazing. I love that realization, like when you were already like in it and learning about it and going with it, like, oh, I want to learn more. I want to like do more in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so important to not look for this like microwave mentality, right? Like I want everything mm-hmm. right away, instantly. And yeah. um, I would love to hear more about the blogging. You know, I personally, I love Instagram. I used to have social media mm-hmm. marketing agency, you know, yeah. so I love the Instagram. Um, even though mm-hmm. like with all new updates and algorithms and all new features, we're always on our toes, right? Like learning. Yep. <laughs> I would love to tap into the blogging because I mm-hmm. used to love, love, love writing, right? And like my posts on Instagram are like, it could be a blog itself. But yep. I also heard like nobody reads blogs. People want to mm-hmm. watch videos. Like mm-hmm. is blogging still alive? And how can you monetize it yeah. nowadays when people want the instant gratification? Yeah, so I think there's a couple a couple parts to this with blogging. So blogging is very much not dead <laughs> according to, you know, people's traffic, you know, remaining the same and increasing over time. I think that the reason why I'm so passionate about influencers in particular that might be relying on social media to have a blog and especially to have an email list is because you don't own your social media platforms. You don't have control over if they're here today, gone tomorrow. For example, TikTok, I think kind of like gave people that huge realization of like, oh, I don't have control at all. Um, But more realistically, if they change the algorithm and you are an online course creator or a coach, and all of a sudden one day you can't reach half the people that um, you used to be able to reach. So with a blog and an email list, those are really the only two places that you can actually control. Um, and also from, um, working with brands point of view, um, you can charge a lot more money if you're combining your Instagram post or your sponsored Instagram post with a sponsored blog post brands love blogs, um, particularly in the travel space, because if somebody's Googling, you know, best hotels in, Chiang Mai, Thailand or something like that, your blog posts that you publish today can be seen for years and years and years and be giving that brand ROI for years and years versus an Instagram post, as we all know, is there for 72 hours max. Um, So blogs are super valuable. People are Googling every single day. They're searching for answers on Google. So I always encourage um, influencers to be that that knowledgeable person um, that can provide answers through their blog posts and get seen. That's beautiful, beautiful. Um, and like you said, like we we get to be, I don't know if I would like to use the word control, right? I feel like there's just like so many things out of our control, right? But really feeling empowered by like, I have my blog and I have my mm-hmm. email and I can work with that because that stays unless people unsubscribe, right? right. But this really gives you power. So 
let's go a little bit deeper on the blog post. Let's mm-hmm. say that um, someone who is listening to us right now, they're like, okay, but where do I start? I have millions of ideas and I love millions of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it in a blog also very important to like really niche down and be the expert in one thing? What if you love many different things? Yeah. So I think it's a little bit different than Instagram. I think with Instagram, you probably need to be very, very niche down, especially when you're starting out compared to a blog. With that being said, I would have some sort of general niche for your blog. What I always say people to do is pick like their overall niche. So maybe that's um, travel or something. And then you're like three to five content buckets underneath that. And a good way to think about your content buckets is they will oftentimes end up being the items that are on your menu that people are exploring your site through. So they can be smaller things like destination guides, like hotel reviews, um, travel hacking, whatever are the smaller micro topics that you are writing under. And then what I like to keep as a content inspiration Google document, essentially, I have a recurring task set for myself to go in there, spend 30 minutes just writing down all the different ideas I have for blog posts under those content buckets. Um, And I think another thing to think about with blogs that people, especially newer bloggers, don't necessarily realize is a lot of people start blogs and the titles of their posts are like my weekend in Vail or diary from um diary from this weekend or something like that they think of it as like a personal journal Mm -hmm. rather than something that's actually going to get discovered. So nobody is searching on Google for your weekend in (laughs) Vail. They're searching for what to do in 48 hours in Vail or whatever it is. They're looking for restaurants in Vail. Um, So switching the mentality to less of a personal journal and more of what are people searching for out there? um, What can give my readers value and what can ultimately get discovered? Mm, that is so valuable. And it's so funny because I used to say it about it Instagram, you know, like Instagram can be as your personal photo album, but then you're not really monetizing it because yeah. that it's all about you. And unless you're already mm-hmm. big account and grown and, you know, people already know who you are, they're not mm-hmm. going to find you when you're posting the picture of your dinner. Who cares? Right? Yeah. So, I love that, you know, like how, how do you keep it personal? So people connect with you because it's your vibe and your energy, but also it's all about them so they can find a value in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think there's a few things there. So like having your own individual writing style, not writing like a robot, not writing like other people, write. Let your personality shine through your writing, include pictures of yourself, Um, link people out to your Instagram multiple times and link to other blog posts in the blog post, Um, other blog posts. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just, you know, being very personable with your readers and developing a personality around your blog is definitely really important. Mm, That is amazing. And what do you think about like multipurposing your content? For example, I know many podcasters who Mm -hmm. have amazing podcast episodes and then they rewrite it into the blog post. Is that a good idea? Totally. Yeah. We do that with my blog, with my podcast as well. We repurpose every episode into like a kind of SEO searchable blog post. Um, but yes, absolutely. I think the beauty also of having a blog or a podcast is those are, you know, macro larger pieces of content and every blog post and every podcast episode can be broken down into like 10 (laughs) different Instagram captions sometimes. Right. Or like 10 reels or 
bunch of like little other micro pieces of content. So that's a really like great part of having a blog as well is that it's a good place to kind of like be, oh, I don't know what to write a caption about today. You can look at your last blog post and see, mm. you know, pull some inspiration from there. Mm, I love that. And you also mentioned that you use um, 30 minutes to write down. Is that like a daily or weekly to write down all of your ideas? And how do you get inspired with those ideas? Is it based on what people were asking you for? Is that something you saw online? How do you get the inspiration flow? Yeah, definitely not daily. <laughs> I think I would lose my mind. <laughs> um, generally, I, I have the recurring tasks set for every month. So once every month, I just sit down for 20, 30 minutes, however long it takes me to like write down, you know, 10, 15 different ideas just to build out the the document. That's what I do. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? Um, how do you get the inspiration? Because if you tell me like, take your journal and write, I'm like, uh, you know, I will be blank. Yeah. So how do you yeah. get the inspiration flowing? Yeah. So I think there's a couple a few different places you can look. The first place that I always look is what has performed well for me in the past. So if I'm noticing that a certain blog post about maybe a destination or a social media platform is performing well, then typically that can be a good signal of like, oh, this was interesting to people. People are wanting more information about it. So that's one place to start. Um, the second place I go is Pinterest just to get inspired with what is trending in terms of what people are searching for in Pinterest, what pins are coming up at the top, um, and also seeing other people's blog posts and you never want to copy obviously, but seeing other people's blog posts that they've put out, especially in your niche can get you inspired and thinking. Um, and then also what you mentioned, like what your, your audience is asking you for, whether they want to learn something from you or see more from a specific topic about you. Those are kind of like the, the general places that I like to look. Beautiful. So then we found what we're passionate about. We want to blog about mm -hmm. it. Now we know how to find and create the topics. Now we know what, you know, our audience is also interested about. So how do we monetize it? Yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. That's a big one. So with a blog specifically, I can talk about Instagram too. Um, with a blog specifically, um, there's a, few, there's a bunch of different ways, but obviously advertising and affiliate links are big. So in full disclosure for anyone listening, when you first start your blog, you're not going to make much money at all from ads and affiliate links. However, if you have taught yourself SEO, so how to get your blog post discovered, and then also how to use Pinterest to promote your blog posts, the beauty of setting up an affiliate link to maybe like an Amazon product or a piece of clothing or a booking.com hotel link is that, yeah, maybe for the first month, you're not seeing any income from it. But if you have set up your blog to be discovered properly, that is passive income and it can become passive income because that blog post is getting discovered for years. Um, and then the second way or the third way is brand collaborations. That's big for your blog and your Instagram. So that would be brands paying for sponsored content on your blog and your Instagram. Um, and then obviously like creating your own online course, creating coaching programs, creating a digital product, um, you know, creating anything that you can sell to your audience that's within your niche and that you know your audience will be interested in. That's my personal favorite because that really is in your control. Um, but yeah, those are, those are some of the ways. That is amazing. That's beautiful because there are always a different way. So you're not reliable on one, you know, of yeah. the things. So 
are there any um, like specific things that you would say that people can start? And, and you mentioned a couple, you know, like the booking.com and Amazon mm-hmm. Associate. Are there any mm-hmm. other places that you would suggest people to start? Um, the only one that other one that I can think of that's big, those are the two big ones that I use and then reward style as well, though reward style is where you're going to find affiliate links for clothing, for home goods, for beauty products, skincare products, all of that stuff. So those three affiliate programs should cover you pretty well. Um, no matter which niche you're in, I think something to keep in mind though, with Amazon is I would not start with Amazon associates until you have, um, grown your blog traffic. Like I wouldn't sign up for it on day one of starting your blog because they require that within the first month of having it, that you um, have had a purchase made through an affiliate link. Otherwise they basically shut down your account and don't let you come back again, which I think is so strange. Um, but something to not learn the hard way. <laughs> mm, thank you for sharing that with us. I think I learned it the hard way because I think I started Amazon Associate because my clients kept asking me like, what books do you do? What, what do you read? What do you use? What ring light yeah. do you use? I was like, okay, let's just do Amazon Associate. And I did it. Then then I forgot about it, right? But it was like a couple of years yeah. ago. So yeah. <laughs> I reopened it just like a couple of months ago, maybe, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I remember now, now that, you know, okay. So that's, I know it's a silly rule. Very silly rule. (laughs) Yeah. But it's better that we learn it from you than we have to learn it the hard way ourselves. So I love that so much. And you also mentioned that there are different ways how to get sponsored on Instagram. Did you want to share some of those too? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I can start out with um, saying that with brand collaborations, I would just make sure that your quality is pretty high, high or your, your content is pretty high quality, um, that you have a very specific niche so that um, whether you are, you know, in the beauty space or in the lifestyle space, the travel space, any brand that's in that niche can come to your page and say, oh yeah, this would be a perfect organic fit. She's already sharing about these brands that are, you know, within our kind of industry. Um, this makes sense. So that's kind of the first thing. Um, but in terms of like networking and actually getting brand collaborations, there's a few things that I recommend. So the first one is influencer marketing platforms. These are platforms that basically connect influencers to brands themselves. I really like these because um, you know that every brand on there already has a specific campaign um, set up. You know that they have budget. There's less kind of like negotiating and um, going back and forth than if you were to pitch a brand, you know, cold. So influencer marketing platforms, I really like hashtag paid um, ahology. I'm going to spell that. It's a H a H O L O G Y. I completely, I feel like I spelled that totally wrong, but hopefully someone got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then collectively I like also, um, and then the other way is through, um, pitching brands directly. Obviously I would just say my, my tips for that is to never, um, come at it. Like, you know, Hey, this is me can you pay me for this, these posts, you know, like that is a business relationship. You're, you're emailing them to introduce yourself and present them with some creative ideas that you have for a collaboration. Um, and you always have to think about it as first of all, a business relationship, but how can you help them at the end of the day, as an influencer or anyone with any kind of following, you're a member of the media. So making sure that you're presenting yourself in a professional way. Um, and then the third way that is 
probably one of my favorites as well is connecting with um, PR professionals. So PR agencies, for anyone that doesn't know, they are agencies that represent um, a ton of brands, usually in one specific niche. So a PR agency might represent um, a bunch of travel brands or a bunch of beauty brands. Um, But the beauty of connecting with PR agencies and professionals versus a brand is that you're opening yourself up to so many more possibilities. Um, and you are setting yourself up in a really good position because PR professionals talk to each other. They move from one PR agency to another. So you're really, I feel like a lot of the time what I experienced, what my students experience is once they've made that one connection with a PR professional or they've gotten that one brand deal, then it just snowballs because their name is just literally on databases (laughs) that they all share. So um, those would be my three recommendations of like how to, how to get started and network and stuff like that. Mm, So beautiful. I love that. And I would love to know with all that you are creating, you know, your social media presence, your blogging, your traveling when we can, right? Uh, (laughs) How do you stay also like focused and grounded What are some of your daily rituals that you never skip, no matter if you are in Bali or in your parents' house? Like, what are some of the rituals that you do to stay feeling good? Yeah. So, well, I think the first thing that is outside of a ritual that I want people to realize, because people come to my my blog, my podcast, my social media, my online courses, and they're like, how are you doing all this yourself? I have a full team, so I definitely don't do all this myself. And that is a huge part of how I'm able to stay sane. Um, But in terms of rituals, I think something that keeps me really grounded, and this is very simple, I'm not like a a big morning ritual person, is just not looking at my phone for the first hour of my day um, and not having notifications on my phone. Like the only notifications I have are iMessage and phone And those are the only places that, you know, people close to me can reach me. And I have no email, no Slack, no Instagram notifications, nothing, um, because that causes you to be um, in a very reactionary state all day where you see an email come in and you're like, oh, crap, I got to respond to that, um, rather than actually focusing on what needs to get done that day. Um, Also, something that I've implemented earlier this year is taking weekends off, which sounds so simple, but you know, as an entrepreneur, you're so excited and passionate about your business that you want to be on 24 seven, but it ultimately, even if you feel like you are enjoying it, it does lead to burnout. Um, no matter how much you love your business, you will get tired of it one day. Um, so I think taking weekends off for me has been like a really good break to just spend time with my family, my boyfriend, connect with myself and the things that I love doing. Um, so yeah, those are just a few things. I think those are huge things. If everyone would do just just those things, the world would be such a better place. Really, Christina, thank you so much because um, I'm the same way, not looking at the phone because if not, I'm on the go from early morning. I'm yeah. doing sacred Saturdays. There's the digital detox, no technology at all. And just a couple months ago, I introduced the um, Sunday that it's like a slow Sunday. I'm available only to my one-on-one and there is like no work or anything. And I can really feel the difference. So thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Because like you said, when you're an entrepreneur and you're doing something you love, you want to mm-hmm. be there. You want to be of service, but then you're really not serving yourself and cannot help yeah. others. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. One last question for mm-hmm. those who are just now starting like, hmm, this blog idea or building 
community on Instagram sounds really great. What is the one thing you want them to know? What is the last thing on your heart that you want them to know before they like jump, dive deep in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, and this is less strategic and more kind of of a mindset thing. Um, quality of your audience matters far more than quantity. Um, this is something that brands are are becoming attuned to and influencers are becoming attuned to is that you need to think about your platforms as your home and everybody that comes into your home and decides to follow you and consume your content, get to know them, welcome them in. They are a real person on the other end, instead of being so focused on the numbers and increasing the numbers and more and more followers and just this constant hunt for more and more and more metrics, um, focusing on relationship building and community building because ultimately that is, first of all, more fulfilling <laughs> um, and just overall better. But um, when it comes time to monetize, whether it's working with brands who wanna see a really high engagement rate and a big community that you've built um, or an engaged community that you've built, or you creating your own online product, people want, if you wanna you know, sell something that you've created, you, everybody needs to trust you. And if you don't have that trust level, then you will not make sales. You won't get clients. Um, you know, you won't have that, that opportunity there. So I think that would be my hopefully final takeaway for the audience would be quality over quantity any day of the week. <laughs> mm, thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny because when I started my business, it was like years and years ago and it was just like fitness and nutrition and social media. Now it's a business mm -hmm. and mindset coaching. But in yeah. the beginning stages, I was like, I gotta go, I gotta grow, I gotta grow, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized yeah. that people who were following me really didn't care about me, but about like the yeah. looks and, you know, like the, the, yeah. the superficial things. And now mm -hmm. I even started to remove followers, you know? I'm yeah. like, I want yeah. to clean this up. I want to really just working with women. So instead of me growing, I'm like removing, removing as much as I can because me too. Yeah. It's about the quality of the people and the energy that you're surrounded with. And then people who really care about you cannot even see you when you have their like a ghost followers or followers who really don't care. So Christina, yeah, this was so valuable. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your inspiration. Like your personality just shines through and you know, you're, I'm, um, you know, like stalking you on Instagram. It's so beautiful and so inspiring. Thank so thank you so much for bringing not only the hope, but also the strategies for those who wants to join and create a freedom and life by design. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.